Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Lycanthro. They have a new album called Mark of the Wolf. It was released on June 4th via Alone Records. Right now, I'm being joined by James to share some more information about this stellar release, what the band has got going on. So, James, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm uh, stoked to be here. I'm stoked to, uh, to talk about our new material. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I believe that is all I needed to just unleash the beast that is Mr. James Delbridge. So, sir, what is this album? Is it a concept album? Is there a theme to it? Oh uh, no! Uh, even even though I am a huge fan of, of concept albums, and we I we do what well, we will definitely do one in the future. But this album is kind of um, I, I mainly tell people that it's sort of like the the culmination of like the early days of the band because I'm I'm actually the only one who's still in the band who is on this album aside from our guitar player Forrest, like our new guitar player who just did a few solos on it, but. It was, but uh, this album was recorded a while back when it was still the old lineup, and um, yeah, and it just took a long time to, to put out, you know. And by then, uh, by the time it was done, the the members that were on it were either um, they usually like left for uh, they all left for like their own reasons and stuff like that. But um, but this album is pretty much a combination of all the songs that we used to like were like our live staples and stuff like that. And it was kind of like the earlier kind of sound of the band in terms of like we were a bit more thrashy a bit more old school metal uh, as, as opposed to like the direction we're going in now which is like the more traditional power metal route so yeah it's pretty much just uh people will be able to get a feel of um of how we were when how we were when we first first started and how these songs have matured and uh and aged as it will as it were you know so mm-hmm. yeah so many questions come to mind, James. So many. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could start with devil's advocate questions. Uh, I think the main one is, you know, how many people listening in right now have been in a band and you've got stuff recorded and for whatever reason, members leave, the whole thing disbands. And it's just a very crushing, unsettling feeling. Oh, yeah, man. Man, I'm actually surprised you you brought that up i haven't heard anybody say stuff like that but but i don't but yeah i don't mind talking about that it's just because um you know it's just the the thing with that is that a lot of people like seem know that like you know when you're in a band there's always like one thing you always have to keep in mind is the the egos you know there's a lot of different personalities clashing with each other and um yeah no and it's pretty it, it honestly the main problem i guess in our kind of uh, camp is is uh is money because I'm pretty much funding this whole album myself because I'm not gonna ask my new guys to pay for an album that they're like to pitch for an album that they're not on so nice. so yeah that's pretty much been the biggest struggle of it but yeah no it's um I, I've heard that happen with so many bands before is like they'll record something and they'll spend all this money and then you know one then two members will like have a fight and like hate each other and stuff like that. Then one will quit or both will quit or whatever. Then they'll have, then they'll have a record that they've paid hundreds or even thousands of dollars for just sitting on their computer, you Mm -hmm. know, and not knowing. And it's so unfortunate, you know, because like, and it happens way more often than people think because Mm -hmm. I find that nowadays a lot of bands, a lot of people don't. And and again, I learned this the hard way personally, Mm -hmm. but I find that a lot of, bands don't uh 
plan things out and don't kind of have like a backup plan for, for things because it's one of these things where a lot of people think that like when you're in a band, you're like, oh yeah, things are going to work out and things are going to, uh, we're going to put out this album and then we're going to get lots of listeners and it's going to be great, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of bands, you know, it, it's unfortunate that they kind of fall down that, uh, that rut of, oh, we have personality clashes in the band and like some of the members hate each other. And if not hate each other, they're like resentful or they get, there's lots of tension or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that boils over and then people leave and stuff like that. So yeah, it is, it is a very unfortunate uh, situation for sure. And it's happened to us a few times, but uh, you know, but I, I find that a lot of times both parties are better for it. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's almost like being in a, in a, it's almost like a bad breakup. You know what I mean? You know, it sucks at first, but it, you're usually better for it in the end. You know, like mm-hmm. we've been like, in terms of us, we've been doing a lot better with the new lineup, like than we ever have, in my opinion. And the old members of the, the old members that were on this record, I don't know what a couple of them are doing right now. Our old drummer is in a new band now and he's a lot happier now. And he's, I still talk with him a lot and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just been, uh, it's it, it again. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's a double-edged sword, is what I'll say. Hmm. And I, I guess where I wanted to go next with that was, you know, you've, so you got this record and this stuff with with all the old band members on it. Did it ever feel like you had a product that you couldn't use? Yeah, yeah. It's um, man, asking the man asking the hard questions today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, I, I love it. I love it. It's because I, I like I like getting stuff like that. That's different, you know. Mm-hmm. So, tell us um, about your yeah. influences, and then next question. Uh, so you play the guitar, and then next question. <laughs> I've already had, I've, uh, in promoting this album, I've had a few like that, and it's just really awkward. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, no, um. Yeah, but uh, there were a few times where I was thinking of just scrapping the whole thing, honestly, because uh, there were just things where, like, in the recording process, there were times where we had to re-record things a lot. Like, for example, my uh, when we originally recorded the album, I did about maybe one or two songs when we were actually in the studio, like all of us. But then for the rest of the songs, I ended up going back just on my own and just to do them. And the first two songs I did, I remember, were fine. But I remember the rest of the time, I didn't know this at the time, but I had a a vocal issue. I couldn't sing the way I usually do. And so I kind of, me being stubborn, I'm like, okay, you know, like, like push through it, blah, 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 make the best of it. And then we got the mixes back, the vocals sounded awful. So I was like, man, just because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't sing properly. So I had to like record a lot of the vocals from home. And that was a really strenuous and uh, and stressful process because it's like, even though like it's cool because you know you have all the time in the world, especially in like lockdown, and you don't um, and you don't and you're not like anxious because you're like you know time is money and stuff like that. But at the same time, you kind of need that other person there to tell you whether a take was good or not mm-hmm. because that's that's the most stressful part because you know there were many times where I would just be in a really pissed off mood and just be like man, like, I'm never going to get this album done on my own, blah, 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 you know, just because it's been so difficult to do it. So, yeah, I think, like, definitely the biggest challenge in terms of, like, thinking, oh, maybe it might not have turned out as good just because we had to do a lot of 
re we had to re-record a lot of things. Not even just um, vocals, but uh, some of the. We even had to re-record some of the guitars, like from home. Like it was. Luckily, during this pandemic, I discovered the beauty of um, of amp simulators and how well they can be mixed in with the so- sounds from real from real amps as well. Mm-hmm. So we've had to do that too because even in some of the mixes, like in the studio, looking back on it, I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of us like I, some of the parts uh, could have been better. I think so. That's why I'm like, no, I'm not putting out something that has you know subpar parts like subpar playing so had to we got our as i said we got our new guitar player to do do to do some new solos and record some of the guitars at home as well and and again yeah it was it was a difficult process and many times i thought about you know just scrapping it and doing something new but just kept at it and uh eventually we got this and it turned out really well in my opinion so yeah 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 that kind of brings me to another question because I mentioned uh, it's, a lot of this was recorded uh, in Lac de Loup, Quebec. So, I guess what we're hearing, how much of that is from those days of the studio, and how much of it was redone at home? Oh, uh, I'd say probably about like eighty twenty. Eighty percent of it was from the studio, and then like maybe twenty percent of it was from a home. Like pretty much all the vocals, uh, the vocals on every song except for two were. I did at home because the two songs that I recorded there that sounded fine were was were before I had got the vocal issue. Okay. Uh, and then all of the drums and bass were done at Lac de Lou. Uh, 90% of the guitars were done at Lac de Lou. It's just, there was just a couple of things that we had to, as a, I think in the last question, I kind of maybe over exaggerated. I think we just had to touch up a few things. Okay. And we can't really go to a studio, especially Lac de Lou is really far. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere, Quebec, you know? Like, it, it was a cool experience because it's literally recording in a log cabin. You know, it, it's it's literally in the basement of a log cabin. That's where this studio is, and it's awesome. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I think for – for yeah, so I'd say about 80-20. Like, a lot of the vocals were from home, and some of the guitar touch-ups were from home as well. But the rest of it was from the studio. Okay. All right. You guys could stop for a little bit, have some beaver stew, get back to recording. Yeah, man. Actually, well, actually, that was funny because whenever we go there, we actually would stay like the weekend there and we would just live off um, microwave food because in the studio, there was there was two rooms. There's a control room and there was the, the live room where like where the drums and all the amps were and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And in between those was a little room where we had, where there was like a fridge and a, and a freezer and stuff like that. And the only thing we they had to warm up your food was was uh, a microwave. So we literally would live the whole weekend off microwave food. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's 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 nuts, man. Like I actually have a very vivid memory of um of whenever I used to go there, I never used to get any sleep because we would have because because what we would do is we would actually since it's like about an hour out of town, we uh, I used to we used to sleep there and we would sleep in like on sleeping bags in the live room. And I'm someone that I don't do well sleeping like in weird places like that. So I like never get sleep. Maybe max I'll get two hours sleep just cause I, I, I just don't like, I can't get used to the, the feeling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I have a very vivid memory of getting up really or er- waking up really early, only got two hours of sleep. I'm sitting in this room where, where the microwave and everything is. And, um, 
and I'm sitting there on my laptop eating my freaking microwave freaking craft dinner or something. And uh, I have um, next to me, I have, I forgot what it was. Maybe it was like a, a str- an apple strudel or something. Like I'm, uh, And I remember there was in front of me, there was a, um, a little like a cabinet almost, like a cabinet but no, with no doors on it. And literally I'm sitting there and then I just see a mouse peer his head out of the cabinet and he just starts eyeing my food. And I was startled at first, but I'm like, oh, we're in the country. There's mice everywhere. So I'm, so I literally look at this mouse and go, no, no, it's my food. Get back in there. (laughs) Exactly. And maybe another devil's advocate question. Why a recording studio across provincial lines in the middle of nowhere? Um, it was, it's because, um, um, the, our engineer at the time who was, um, good friend of ours owned it. He, his name's Mike Bond and he was my old, uh, professor at, uh, when I went, was in school for recording and he told us, he's like, Hey, I just opened a new studio. It's out in Quebec. It's in the country and it's really great and blah, blah, blah. And we kind of thought, well, from learning under him, I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing and he's very good at his work. So we thought, you know, why not him to uh, to engineer the album? So mm-hmm. that's kind of why. And it's not really as far as I was saying it was. Like it was mainly about like, again, it was mainly like about an hour, about an hour outside of town, which isn't really that bad, you know. But uh, Montreal. Dry- hmm? Which town, Montreal? No, it's um, it's it's actually okay. Montreal is if you go Quebec, like from Ottawa, if you go, I think east. But this place is if you go north. Oh, so from it's near, Ottawa. Yeah, from north from so it's like near Manawak. It's like on the way to Manawaki, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right, that is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, pretty much. It's really beautiful out there, the scenery and all that <laughs> stuff. But yeah, it's it's definitely very out of the way. <laughs> okay, then. Perfect, and that's a that's a completely different level of. Uh, of Quebec as well. Uh, I'm guessing you guys speak French or you, you got in and out without getting shot at. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got in and out without getting shot at. Okay. <laughs> None of it. Actually at the, n- <laughs> no, uh, well, no, I was going to say is that I don't think there is anyone in the band now that does, mm-hmm. but we always used to have at least one member that could speak fluent French. And it was usually our bass player. Cause we had two bass players in a row that they were both Quebecers and they both, speak spoke flu- fluent french yeah so whenever we needed someone to translate it was usually them and i actually remember our old bass player kyle uh who uh, he's one of the old members i still keep in touch with sometimes and he uh he used to literally roast whenever he used to play in quebec he used to roast us in french to the audience and we wouldn't know what he was saying because he would be right. saying talking in french in the mic yeah and, and then and then i'd just be looking at him i'd be like you're roasting us right now aren't you <laughs> But um, yeah, so at the time we always had at least one person in the band who could speak French. So if we if some if we met someone if we were gonna play in Quebec and they didn't speak any English, we'd be like, hey, yo, can you can you talk to them? Mm-hmm. Parfait, monsieur, parfait. Okay, so we've chatted about lineup changes. We chatted about recording in Quebec. We chatted about beaver stew. Uh, it's greasy, guys. You might want to get your napkins out or your serviettes, depending on where in Canada you're from, while you're sitting on your Chesterfield. <laughs> We chatted about the record, and initially I had said, you know, Mark of the Wolf, is this uh, is a concept album? And you said it, it wasn't, and then that's how we got it, started getting into uh, a good bit of, you know, those lineup changes. And I was just curious because I myself uh, have been involved in bands, and I've chatted with other musicians countless times on this show. 
where you get to a certain point, things are looking great, and then it's almost like the rug just gets pulled out from under. You've got an album that's ready to go shop to a label, or even worse, you've shopped the album to a label, they've said yes, you're working out the negotiations, and then people start leaving, or something, you know, it's just... uh, Oh yeah. So I was just curious, like, hey, you know, let's let's dive into that juicy peach and find out why you didn't just scrap it and say, you know what, I can't use this. But instead you said, you know what, I can use this, we're going to use this, and this is how it's going to be used, and we're still taking a path forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, but the, I guess the reason why is just because, well, the thing with our label is that we – our label's been really good to us because we were already on it when this album was done because they signed us when we did the uh, with our previous EP, the Four Horsemen EP, and so we I told him that like we were gonna release it like no matter what and and the thing is is that I'm someone that I'm very uh, I'm very tenacious so I'm someone that I like, I don't really want to give up on things really easily so even though I'm the only member who's still in the band who's on this album again aside from our guitar player who just did a couple of solos here and there on there but um it was again it's mainly it was mainly down to money because it was like okay i've spent so freaking much on this album already i'm not scrapping it and like pissing all that money like into the toilet you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so so that's why and it's one of these things where like the i thought that like a lot of these songs are genuine like not all lot of these. All I said, these songs are genuinely good. And there's even lots of songs, because like, some of the songs on this album are songs that people that uh, who know us very well, like, really like, you know? Like, there's songs on there that we always used to play live, and it was always the fan favorites and stuff like that. And I felt like, you know what? I said, okay, even though, you know, we've had a lot of setbacks, and even though with this new lineup, you know, we're already writing new stuff, we're constantly coming up with new ideas and all that, I feel like these songs need to be heard and they need to, you know, have their place in our history as a band and have, uh, and, and, you know, have uh, people enjoy them because so far uh, we only have one single out from the album so far to uh, next week, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the reception has been amazing. Like we have like on one of the, our video uh, for crucible like the just the kind of the visualizer video mm-hmm. has um it currently it's almost at uh one it's almost at 1k views on our personal channel and it's almost at 10k views on the uh on the new album full albums channel that's a channel that you know you um it's a channel where you um this guy runs it and he's like almost like a metal influencer as it were. And if you get one of your songs on his YouTube channel, they'll get like thousands upon thousands of views because the channel itself has almost a hundred thousand subscribers. So if you know the guy and you, then he'll put your stuff on his channel. He did that with us. And the song is almost at 10 K views on there. And so, and we've gotten nothing but nice comments and nothing but, great feedback from people and all that stuff. So I thought, yeah, no, it definitely was worth it to, to release this album because, you know, people, th- these are songs I feel like people will really enjoy. So, yeah. Okay. Well, you, you heard it here first on the rock metal podcast. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the, the crucible video right now. It'll be in today's show notes. So if you guys are listening in, watching YouTube, wherever the show notes are available, and uh, the link to Crucible will be there, so you can go ahead and check it out. By the time this airs, it will have blown past a thousand uh, views because this will air in June-ish. 
About oh, month, okay. Yeah, about a month from now. Sweet. Yeah, not a large deal, but uh, thankfully you're making some connections with uh, people who have significantly more clout than I do, because being on my show, you won't... Probably worse for you, actually, than, than good for you, so... <laughs> Uh, oh man! Hey man, but you know I love I love doing this and I love talking to and doing all the interviews I can. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I always have the philosophy of I heard this uh, I heard Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers say this, and she's like one of my one of my heroes. Is that she said she's like no matter what interview or press thing you do for your band, as long as you get at least one new follower, one new fan, one new person listens to your stuff, then you've done your job. Mm-hmm. You know, so then it was worth it. Yeah. So I, so I love doing it. So no matter what the, the place is, I saw, I love doing all these. So yeah. And this one, and this interview has definitely been very fun and I'm really appreciate like a lot of the questions you've been asking because a lot of it stuff I don't get asked very often. So very cool. All right, mister. Well, I'm afraid my questions have come to an end. We have chatted about lineup changes, recording in Quebec, YouTube exposure for crucible that you guys are getting uh, mark of the wolf, the album recording in Quebec, being a recording engineer yourself, doing some touch-ups at home, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much everything, baby. So I'm glad that you enjoyed the show and you enjoyed my questions. I enjoy going deep. That's what my audience likes. I'm not a uh, typical interview type of uh, format. Yeah, no, and I and, and that was really – I appreciate that a lot. It was awesome. It was, uh, it was really fun. You asked a lot of great questions, and uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock and Roll Podcast today, James. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, man. It was a lot of fun. Hello, hello, or should I say goodbye, goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Metal Podcast. I've been your host, John Harris. Please head over to our website at www.therockmetalpodcast.ca. There you can sign up for our newsletter and find out more information about today's show.